My name is Ray Park, you may know me as playing Darth Maul in Phantom Menace, Bone Wars, and also Solo and Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast, the force is strong with you all. And remember, sit walk. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best, and may the force be with you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. My name is David. I'm Colin. And this is where we talk all things Star Wars, and especially today, we're going to talk about The Mandalorian, Chapter 19, mm-hmm. entitled The Convert. Yeah. And I stayed up late last night. Uh, we did a pre-show, we did a post-show, and I I loved it. Uh, I thought it was really cool to see some old places that we hadn't seen in a while, some new ships flying after some older ships. But before we get started, we definitely want to give some uh, props and shout outs to our beloved patrons here. So we have some in the chat right now, but of course we want to recognize people on the purple tier. Chris Simpson, Kevin Langer, Devin McCaffrey, Drew Peters, Sean Greathouse, Zach Netzel. On the red tier, we have Fenrir526, Maya Morris, Texas Vader76. And on the black tier, we have Maka Tautala. Nathan Shank, Evan O'Paker, and Liam McCallion, which I believe Evan and Liam are in the chat right now. So thank you so much for all your awesome love and support. And on to the breakdown of The Mandalorian Chapter 19. So what did you think, first of all, of this episode, Colin? I thought it was... It had two storylines happening at once. I wasn't expecting anything with Coruscant in this episode. I think it was low-key hoping, but I'm glad that we did. I thought it was great. It made me super, super excited for the future. There were a lot of uh, Easter eggs towards the prequels, the original trilogy. It was great going back to Coruscant, for sure. And then there's also hints at the future, especially uh, kind of a weird Resistance one, uh, which we'll definitely talk about um, uh, in, in a bit. But seeing Coruscant again, seeing the the beautiful opera house where we heard the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise was such a reminiscent uh, to Revenge of the Sith. And it was awesome just to go back there. So, yeah, loved it. Yeah. One of the big predictions I think a lot of people had was we were going to pick up right as the last chapter ended, which is exactly what we did. We see Bo-Katan on the steps with Din still knocked out, just staring back at the water, waiting for the giant mythosaur to maybe rise out of the water. And I'm guessing the mythosaur was maybe like in hibernation or sleeping or something and didn't really care about Bo and Din. And Bo's just staring at the water. Din wakes up. Bo asked Din, did he notice anything? Yeah. And he said no. But do you think there's a possibility that he did notice something and he's just kind of playing it to see it where Bo-Katan's I wouldn't say to this? I, I wouldn't say that. I To be honest, here's, here's my thing. I honestly think... Uh, I honestly think that... Um, that he was falling down. He got knocked out. I don't think he saw anything. And for Bo, 
honestly, I think she didn't say anything. She's keeping it to herself. I think she's not like, oh, maybe I'm imagining something. I think she's actually keeping it to herself. I don't know why yet. I don't know if it's because she, she she's still trying to trust Din and everything. But, you know, that's huge for the people of Mandalore. Uh, so, I don't know. I don't know. I think she's keeping it I that secret to herself. Yeah, now it feels like she's definitely playing the long game with this and maybe using that to her advantage whenever it will give her a major advantage. Yeah. So the next sequence we get is them in outer space and we're in the cockpit of the gauntlet and you hear Din say, this is the way Bo-Katan says, this is the way then it cuts to Grogu and he kind of mumbles something and it's like, Oh my gosh, is he trying to actually talk? (laughs) So I I thought that was kind of, but of course it was just like baby talk. Yeah. So, the gauntlet gets hit by some TIE intercepts, interceptors that are right behind the ship. Uh, they go into kind of evasive maneuvers. Uh, they're close to Kalavala, though. So they approach the planet. Din jumps on the back turret and blows up one of the interceptors. I still think it's great that we are getting TIE interceptors because we haven't seen them live action since Return of the Jedi. We've seen them in, in Rebels and everything, but we haven't seen them live action uh since that movie which this year marks the 40th anniversary of return of the jedi fun fact uh have they announced that they're doing a return of the jedi panel at star celebration yet yes they have they're doing a panel me now when is going to be the host and pretty much everyone that's signing there and doing photo ops from that movie are going to be on the panel apparently yeah that should be fun and i think that's happening on sunday but back to this chapter so, for me, this is prime Star Wars. I love to see the space battle stuff. They go from space to the atmosphere of Kalavala, and we see the gauntlet in live-action glory here, dogfighting with these TIE Interceptors. And TIE Interceptors are a little bit different than TIE Fighters because TIE Interceptors have shields, and they can yes. go into hyperspace as well. And Bo brings up, okay, so I'm going to drop you off next to... Uh, the N1, so we can tag team these interceptors here. And we get the drop off, and it was pretty cool to see Din Djarin slide and then jump in the N1, and then he click, quickly takes back up, takes off, shows the nimbleness of the N1 Starfighter, and does this maneuver that I think reminded everyone of a certain age of Michael Keaton's Batman when he flies up in front of the moon. And shows yeah. basically essentially the bat signal and then falls back down and takes on that tie interceptor and uses the uh the bomb to uh blow up that interceptor. Super cool sequence. That was awesome. I I I love the whole chase scene. I loved seeing the the dog fights that they were having in space and, and now we're like in the actual like you know core of the planet and fighting and everything. I love Din jumping out of the um, I love Din jumping out of the ship at full speed and landing at the last second with jetpack. I thought the whole scene was great. I loved it. I think we've seen uh, mostly everything from the trailer now. I think there's only a couple of things for, from the trailer that we haven't seen. Um, I know this this whole chase scene through the um, kind of canyons of this planet were in the trailer. So now we're kind of running out of shots from the trailer. 
Yeah, yeah. So we get a very, very impressive dog fighting sequence. It looked like a film. It didn't look like a TV show. It looks like they really spared no expense. Um, it was awesome. I loved yep. it. I was cheering the whole way through at 2 a.m. Yeah. No, dude. I um, I will definitely tell you the part where like I like low low key screamed because I was so happy. Um, that moment's definitely coming up. But yeah, seeing them fight side by side in ships is great. I think the trust um, of of the full trust of Bo-Katan will come in time. I I think she's deciding if she can actually like fully trust him or not uh, at this point. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we think our heroes are kind of out of danger's way, but uh, a new group of fighters show up, uh, a substantially larger group of TIE Interceptors and bombers show up, and they blow up Bo-Katan's palace. And uh, she calls them mud scuffers. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, we uh, it, it, it's kind of surprising that that castle has stood that long, or maybe it's been rebuilt. I don't know. Did that ever happen in the Clone Wars or Rebels? No, no. Okay. They so, the so the Clone Wars. what are we thinking here? Is this uh, maybe a, a remnant of what Moff Gideon's crew was? Is this a different warlord? Okay, so, picked- so we find out um, later in the episode, which again, we'll dive back into it. Uh, we find out that the rumor is that he died, that, that the Moff Gideon's dead, or that he escaped um, on his way to the to the war crime trials like thing. And I think he did escape and he no and he he's out for revenge at this point. I think he wants full out revenge. I think he's unhinged. I and I think his anger is gonna be very similar to Granite Grand Admiral Thrawn's. Uh, from from rebels because the way that Admiral Thrawn would act um, he would act cool and collected and then all of a sudden he would just snap at at some point and get really angry and then he would go back into it and I think that's a trait that Moff Gideon is going to have and I think he's mad um, at 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 Din Djarin he's mad at He's mad at Bogotan. He's mad at everyone. And I think he's going to take his anger out on Grogu. He will not try and capture him and clone him again. I think he's he he's out for the kill. I think he's out to go and kill Grogu this time. So you think Gideon is going to be the main player here? In this season, yes. You don't I, think it's that it's Thrawn already? I think we won't see Thrawn until Ahsoka. If we do see him in the season finale of this i'll be blown away because that would be a great segue into ahsoka i would love that that's what it would make sense to me is that like they might use 
like Moff Gideon, but it's like him in prison. Like I don't think that he's still a leader or anything. I th- I think it's now moving into Thrawn being back or whatever. And I feel like they're gonna have to go and talk to Moff Gideon to be like, uh, so how do we get rid of this dude? And they're like, this guy is literally unwavering. <laughs> so what other Imperial warlord could it be? Because I know some people have that theory, including one of our listeners, Kevin. Um, who do we think it could be? I don't think, I mean, could it be General Hux's dad, maybe? Could it be, uh, <laughs> because at this point he is, you know, they were all meeting on Jakku specifically to, um try and uh save what was left of the empire and and kind of reform it so it could be him uh i'm just trying to think of who else it could be well it doesn't have to be anyone necessarily that we've been introduced to because bokatan had that dialogue when she was piloting the gauntlet that she made several warlords mad yeah um paraphrasing but she gave off that impression that it could be any one of these kind of splinter celled empire factions that are now kind of roaming, kind of disbanded. So, but yeah. Hey, what's up, Kevin? See you in the chat there. Yeah, some interesting and good ideas. So, moving on to the next scene. Um, as I described, there's more interceptors on the way. Din gives Bo Katan coordinates to make the jump to. Uh, we don't know yet, but they jump to the Mandalorian covert, which is what we see towards the end of the episode. And yeah, there's more footage here of uh, Bo-Katan's palace being eradicated. So once they make the jump, we make the jump as an audience to a very familiar place. And this at- is this is where I like screamed. This is where like I jumped <laughs> off the couch. I was like, "Let's go!" Because I, for a lo- for a long time, and it and it's still a new hope, but Revenge of the Sith will always have a special place in my heart, and I love that movie so much. And the fact that we're going back to actual locations, um, unlike uh, unlike Andor, where we only went to the Senate building, there's a lot of different places in Coruscant that I kind of recognized, and and a lot more stuff from Clone Wars <coughs> that I recognized as well. But going back to the Opera House, where we heard for the first time the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise. That's so cool. That's so cool. It's it's no longer an opera house anymore, unfortunately. Circus. But, yes. Uh. Well, the. How do we feel about not seeing the Jedi Temple? I was hoping to see the old Jedi Temple because technically that's canon. Is it canon that it got turned into the Imperial Palace, or is it canon that it just was left alone? Because in Legends, the Emperor turned it into like, you know, his like palace, like his castle. I think the exterior really didn't change much. I think the interior is what really changed, okay. but it really wasn't relevant to the story. So right, well, there's no because point. in the special editions, um, <laughs> George Lucas. Well, the, the the reason why I'm saying is because we are in Coruscant. We are mm-hmm. flying through, you know, all of the different skyscrapers, and you would just think, you know, you might see it in the background. So um, that's a possibility. There's a lot of stuff going on, moving around. So yeah. I'm really kind of wondering what kind of Easter eggs we're going to find. I'm pretty sure they stuck the Falcon back there somewhere, which is Lucasfilm's tradition. 
We did we did get a Corellian freighter in in Revenge of the Sith going into the into the into the back of the Senate building. So who knows? Well, yeah. So Liam's saying didn't they, didn't they build over the temple? I I think I, I think I was in Legends because if you watch the special editions um of Return of the Jedi and you see like all the different planets celebrating and, and I always the, thought that they did build over it because of that whole comic with you know how they threw in all the lightsabers. Yeah. Like I thought it was hinted at in there that they built over it, but I don't know how much of that is canon anymore since we got the he's had right. two lightsabers. And, right. And I'm like, okay. Well, <laughs> If you okay, so if you see um the the version of Return of the Jedi on Disney Plus, they will show you um like just all the planets that are celebrating. W- one of the planets is Coruscant, and as they're knocking down a statue of Palpatine and um kind of crowd serving a stormtrooper, if you look in the background, there is the Jedi Temple. And it's fully there. And that version on Disney Plus is the canon one. Um, so that's why I brought it up. Because mm-hmm. in Legends, they turn it into the Emperor's Castle. But then we saw the concept out for, for the Rise of Skywalker. And that part of the city was abandoned. And it was going to be where like there were like these giant wolf-type creatures. And then we found out that the Sith Temple was underneath the Jedi Temple. And it was supposed mm-hmm. to be a whole reveal. We never got it. Yeah, that would have been cool. So one of the next shots we get is inside the opera house, and we see some holograms of a very familiar thing to us uh, here on our planet, which is a DNA sequencing. Dino and, DNA. <laughs> and it's uh, Dr. Pershing giving a TED Talk about his life and what he went through and the importance of cloning. And he gave a... Uh, very heart-wrenching story about his mother that if there was uh cloning she uh, he could have cloned one of her organs i believe it was her heart and uh saved her and it could have prevented her from dying which is uh, a theme within star wars and we get a close-up of omitahi who plays pen pershing and he grabs his ear and do you remember what was said at this point I okay no but I can tell you why it's very important for him uh rubbing his ear every single um like for every single time that he rubs his ear it's from uh the season finale of season 2 of Mando where where um I believe it's Cara Dune that shoots the imperial officer that's holding him at gunpoint and it, right. and she shoots the guy in the face in the blaster hits his ear and then every single time that he kind of thinks about the empire if he if he thinks about um you know cloning or anything like that like real hard you see him kind of itch his ear like that and kind of like um caress it because i think to him that's kind of like the reminder of of oh you know cloning is important everything um but i just noticed that every time that like he uh he just um would touch his ear every single time that he really thought hard of the empire or he lost train of thought or just something involved in that category yeah 
So we do notice that the comms officer from Moff Gideon's ship uh, arrives and gets in the audience, takes a seat, and it's Katie O'Brien, who we find out her name is Alia Kane, which I don't think we've ever heard in any Star Wars canon before or Legends. And we see him uh, walk back out of the Opera House and run into these uh, people out here, these kind of aristocratic people. Um, seem like they're the the wealthy of Coruscant. You know, they... I was gonna be drafted. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I that's also... the Empire, silly. <laughs> I also thought how they were like, oh, I mean, of the Empire, the Rebel Alliance, the the New Republic. I can't keep track of these, like all all um, um all these teams or something like that. And I was just sitting there, and that kind of brought me back to Andor, of where they were just talking. Um, about the empire and kind of being snotty about it and be like who cares i'm i'm making money it doesn't matter to me uh and and then that also kind of goes um to what bill burr's character was saying about in season two um he was talking about like how oh like hey uh it uh it, it doesn't man- matter if you're you know, Mandalorian or part of the Rebel Alliance or part of the Empire. And and at the end of the day, you all want the same thing. And that's what, you know, this this scene kind of reminds me of. Yeah. And yeah, it was, it was basically the same steps that we see George Lucas and his daughter uh, at the top of, right? Yeah. And we, we get that one shot where, where a lot of people thought that was uh, Garza Thwip walking up. Um, but yeah, Mob Rules on YouTube says I was not expecting the whole episode to be about him and the other Imperials. I wasn't either. I didn't think Omid Abtahi and Katie O'Brien were going to have this big a role in this season, but they did, and um, it was interesting what they did here. I think it's super refreshing. It's just extremely weird to me that we're doing this in Mando-wise. Like yeah. I, feel, I feel like Mando, like this season has amazing ideas. And like they're profound and questions that I've always wanted to know from the the kind of viewpoints of people I've always wanted to see. However, I'm not sure how much this plays into the fact that, that we are watching a co- cohesive story of the Mandalorian. And I feel like this is if we continue like this, it's going to be more detrimental to the future of these like seasons. Because <laughs> like if you take um, Mando season one that as a cohesive story from the beginning to the end, same thing with season two this i'm kind of like what are we doing i still don't know what we're doing really like it's three episodes in and i'm wondering where where we're really going these are some really good ideas i just don't know where this whole season is headed well i actually kind of disagree with that because uh omid abtahi and katie o'brien have been part of previous seasons and so they're kind of an integral part and we're kind of following their story and we only have so much time to get the whole story going. And of course we don't know where they're going, which I think is a, is a refreshing thing. And a lot of our expectations, I think have been subverted and we've heard that before in star Wars, but I think this way, this is actually the way pun intended to go because we all assume some stuff, it didn't come true. And then some stuff took over 
the stuff that we're kind of thinking. I mean, it's it's a little surprising that they went this way. But do you remember like on old shows where where like a show would be going for a bit and then they would just have an episode about like these other characters, like these kind of, you know, kind of background characters that we saw a couple of times in the main show and then they would do a whole episode about them and then they would say, "Oh, well, this was supposed to low key kind of be like the pilot for the for the spinoff, but it never aired. And to me, right. you know, this reminds me of the announcement that, you know, we were supposed to get Rangers of the New Republic. Maybe this was going to be, you know, this episode was written for that show. But when the show got canceled, a bunch of that writing and everything for Rangers of the New Republic was kind of scrapped. So they're like, OK, well, we've got these scripts and everything for the show, but it doesn't exist anymore. How are we going to deal with it? And they're like, OK. Well, how about we put it in Mando? Uh, because I wasn't expecting a two-story episode, uh, which is where we get Mando and Bo in the beginning, and then they, you know, kind of leave for a second. We get thirty minutes of this, and then we go back to Mando and Bo. So I think this was possibly a uh, a script or an idea from Rangers of the New Republic, uh, because it just kind of. It doesn't scream Mando to me. It doesn't scream uh, Dave Filoni and John Favreau. To me, it does. Oh, really? I mean, this, okay. this, this is like story building to me because it just shows that these characters are going to have a bigger role and they just kind of kept these same actors in there. And then we have a history with them. And we know cloning is going to be like a big factor, possibly if they continue with the whole storyline of it's going to bleed into the sequel trilogy. Cloning is a huge aspect of it. I think that's where the, the whole thing of like, it doesn't feel like it's technically Mando wise. Mm -hmm. Whereas like this, the season is still a Mandalorian season. Like it's still Mm -hmm. the Mandalorian. And I, I don't expect like these different time period parts going like often to this bit is about cloning and this bit is about this. And it's like, I really like it and I really enjoy it. I just don't think that it's where I thought it was going to go. It's like I was expecting a story about man, man, the Mandalorian, not whatever this is. But I'm happy with what it is. It's not, <laughs> it's not like it's not a it's not like a good surprise. It's just by now I'm like, all right. So what is the my main character that this show is named after doing? Because I feel like that's the thing we're running into because. You have Star Wars Rebels. You can do whatever you want during this whole Rebels time. You have the Clone Wars. You can do whatever you want during the Clone Wars. Start naming it after characters, and we're going to start expecting it from like characters. Right. Like the same thing that happened from like with the whole Boba thing. And people were like, uh, um, okay. Because I feel like people are going to start being like, where is like Mando in the Mandalorian? I want more of the Mando. But we'll see in the future episodes, I guess. Yeah, Mobrul says feels like karma because Bando took some uh, <laughs> episode from Boba in the show. Yep. I mean, um, it yeah, wasn't it, just one; it was two. But yeah, for me, it wasn't that big a deal. And Kevin says uh, he got a chance to meet Katie O'Brien at Scum and Villainy Cantina. Cool, 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 cool. At Star Wars Celebration, she was inducted the Five O First. Really cool. And of course, she was in Ant Man: Quantum Mania. If you remember, if anyone saw that? Oh yeah, she was. Yep. He was like the head. Drink the ooze. <laughs> so yeah, they're back here. I'm wondering what that drink is right there. I think it's like 
Gator that great Gatorade version of or the Frost version of Gatorade. Have you seen that before? It has that kind of like dirty white color. I don't know, but uh, yeah. Uh, after his TED talk, Doctor Pershing heads out and uh, runs across these uh, new uh, converts here from the Empire. I feel like they're and... ex stormtroopers. I think the one next to Pershing is an officer, and then the other two were stormtroopers. Because of uh, they just give off the vibes. Yeah, right away, Doctor Pershing notices the comms officer, played by Katie O'Brien, and kind of lets the cat out of the bag that she worked for Moff Gideon. And uh, the other three guys are kind of freaked out and like, "You never told us that." <laughs> she was kind of, she was trying to hide it, and obviously, we know by the end of the episode that yeah, she was kind of a double agent. But yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting conversation and. They're all just kind of hanging out, and uh, one of the cadets there asks Dr. Pershing, what does he miss? And he, I think he starts to mention something about the Empire. They're like, whoa, 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 we're not talking about that. We're talking about more of the, uh, the uh, more pleasant aspects of being in the Empire. And he brings up the, uh, the biscuits that he misses. And, uh, of course, that comes back around. And... Uh, they just have like a little chat here. They're just uh, pretty much at ease. And of course, this is building on the story in this episode. And we also see kind of this carnival type atmosphere on Yay. Coruscant. <laughs> and we see them eating these uh, popsicles that light up, which I'm sure to uh, that Colin and Josh are going to see those on Batu shortly here. I don't know how they're going to do it, but if someone's going to find a way, they will. <laughs> well, they have drinks that light up. I, I drank a drink. Well, well, that's different because of they have like the ice cubes like at the bottom, right. but this All is right, like Colin, a pull up. Hear me out. We take All a right, glow here we stick. Go. Here we go. We take a glow stick and then we okay. put it like, you know, you you freeze juice around the glow stick. Okay. And then there you go. But, so you'd crack the glow stick on the bottom then? Well, all you'd have to do is literally make one stick that you can just light up and then just freeze like a normal like a juice bar around it and then right kind of going, <laughs> but you can't put the but you can't put the juices on the glow stick because what happens if the glow stick i know breaks i'm joking about it being a glow stick but you can just oh, make okay. it like the stick just light up <laughs> yeah i was like that, that that doesn't logical i would not doubt that we would see that within the next year <laughs> well, hey it's going to sunflower all the way from the philippines we learned last night hello oh man yeah no i uh um i loved this uh i i i loved this kind of atmosphere and everything one thing i was not expecting and this is crazy because josh and i hear like every day um is the resistance theme you like hear the march of the resistance theme in the background i don't know if it's just you know there and they threw it in there just to be like <laughs> hey we are cool throw it in yeah there, guys. <laughs> yeah it's just like we are we are tying in the sequels to the mandalorian or they're doing what they did uh, with Solo of where when when Han uh, loses Kira and he's kind of panicking and, you know, trying to find a way up the planet. Mm -hmm. He he starts to hear the Empire theme and he walks over and he joins the Empire. Maybe there's a um, there's a resistance or a new Republic stand where they're like, we need more fighters like you join join the new republic and they have that theme playing and then the then that's like the new republic theme and then just carried over to the resistance yeah 
maybe. Yeah, I thought that was kind of an odd thing that they did. And if you look at the middle of the picture, if you're watching us on YouTube, and by the way, if you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to like the video and comment below. Subscribe, of course. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, So in the middle, you see maybe the tip of a mountain on Coruscant. And yeah, Alaya does talk about the fact that this is one of the only spots on the planet that you can actually see the actual planet. And I believe it was um, n- not this peak specifically, but uh, they definitely talked about um, they definitely talked about the mountains and the and 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 the High Republic. So I would have loved to see Coruscant before the city was there and i think that's something we could definitely explore an old republic trilogy they could totally do it do it do it uh just saying but how did we feel about you know this scene of of just seeing you know a fun little bit of lore i was like wow that's actually very interesting when they're giving the whole explanation for it i was like wow it's very cool Love it, love it, love it. Yeah. Thought it was cool as well. Um, we jump to... Uh, I know this picture is a, is a big jump from uh, the story, but Dr. Pershing gets a ring at his apartment, and there's no one there, but there's a little box, and it's the biscuits that he referenced at the uh, tables uh, when he met up with those cadets. And, of course, it's from Katie O'Brien's character. And... He yes. wants to go ahead, Josh. Uh, no, you, you can continue with the story. But uh, th- two of the things that I noticed that were pretty interesting is his jacket is almost the same as Officer K's in Blade Runner 2049. And they also do that whole like cells interview thing when they're talking to him. Yeah, that I was like, that reminds me so much of like, mm, let me see uh, how you're feeling. We're going to ask you the exact same questions and you got to you gotta tell us how you feel. And I was like, hmm. That also is Josh's like favorite movie too. That so is my I'm, favorite movie. So I'm glad like, they finally got it. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just love Coruscant all together. I'm so glad that they went back there, and we've gotten Coruscant and like a lot these. These. I will take a million rounds of Coruscant over Tatooine. Yeah, because of we've gotten <laughs> a lot of Coruscant over these past couple of months because we got in Andor. We got it in the Bad Batch, and then we got it here. You know where we need now? Naboo. Please. Naboo. And there's rumors that we are going to that planet uh, in, in, in Mando at some point this season. So who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows? That would be cool. I want to see a Gungan. I want to see Jar Jar. <laughs> <laughs> you did this <laughs> to all of us. <laughs> Jeez. So yeah, Kitty O'Brien's character explains that uh, he can get his mobile lab that he's been wanting, and Dr. Pershing is trying to reconcile the fact that it's against the rules of the New Republic to uh, study cloning, practice cloning. But Dr. Pershing thinks that his study and his research, what he was leading to, were big breakthroughs could help the New Republic in the future. So in his mind, he's doing this all in the vein of being on the light side rather than doing this for nefarious reasons. So Katie O'Brien says, there's a way we can do this. They jump on a train. They basically pull what uh, Colin did in 2019 Chicago celebration and sneak through. 
I didn't and, uh, sneak. I I, I walked. I walked and we showed QR codes and we got in. That's that's all I did. Right. So they they get on they get on the train. They they see some interesting aliens and um, some uh, droids that are basically I guess Coruscant's version of traffic cops start asking for tickets and of course they have none. So they proceed to walk towards the back of the train. Jump from train car to train car, very classic Western style. And they get to the very last train car. And in this scene here, she's asking Dr. Pershing to trust her to jump. And they're going at a very high rate of speed. But they manage to jump off uh, as they're about to hit the next train station. And they land on a very cushy, almost mattress-type material that's uh stacked uh very convenient and they kind of roll off oh this was all my plan all right so yeah all part of the plan so they walk up and we get this reveal that we saw that i think colin saw in the mandalorian panel in 2022 where they show the star destroyer (laughs) yeah yeah they uh and i remember this shot in particular from uh from the trailer that they showed at celebration because the shot before was a bunch of the um the Ancelians and and babu frick like it panned on babu frick and then a bunch of them and then it showed the ship and we were just like what is going on what does this all mean and then Mm -hmm. shortly after they showed everything for ahsoka and we were even more like what's going on but yeah so that's a that's a trailer shot. That's cool. Yeah, and we can see clearly Dr. Pershing and Katie O'Brien's character. They end up going crossing that bridge you see on the left hand side, going into the old school Star Destroyer, and end up walking through corridors, getting to the lab area. Dr. Pershing talks about how he dreamt about as a kid having a lab like this, and when he finally got to a lab like that, he couldn't believe that he got that far in his career and they hear some rumbling outside and that's when I think everyone thinks okay well something's going on that uh, that's kind of like leaning towards someone set, uh, essentially Katie O'Brien's character setting up Dr. Pershing and that's when we kind of see the plan that's that's happening in real time and before that actually Katie O'Brien's character does introduce herself to Dr. Pershing as Aliyah Kane. And then Dr. Pershing reveals his first name, which is Penn, Penn Pershing. Thought that was interesting. And they run out and they are um, essentially thinking they're possibly being chased by someone, something. They see lights through a window, uh, through a blast door. So they run out and they immediately see what looks to almost kind of resemble something out of The Last Jedi when they're on that uh, on Canto Bite on the beach. Uh, some cops uh, stop them, shine a bright light on them, and only tell Dr. Pershing to put his hands up. And then Aliyah Kane turns and looks at Dr. Pershing with a very, very stoic face. And we find out that, yeah, she was basically setting up Dr. Pershing. He's arrested and is taken to 
a chamber where Dr. Pershing says this is a mind flare, isn't it? And this mom cow tries to reassure Dr. Pershing that, no, 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 it's, I assure you it's fine. It's it's not a mind flare, but I think in actuality it is, but it's been tamed down, maybe repurposed, refurbished by, by the New Republic. And we see it in action, which is kind of horrifying. We got this kind of stuff kind of in Andor as well with Bix. But um, basically, the mind flare just erases your mind completely. Um, but we all see the um, the Twi'lek, the, the male Twi'lek inside, set it to a low setting. And Elia Kane says, do you mind if I stay? I mean, he, he really, Dr. Percy means a lot to me. She stays. The male Twi'lek attendant leaves, and she turns up the voltage essentially and really fries Dr. Pershing's mind. So <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen with this character. Now is he, is he going to die from this? Is he going to become a vegetable? Is, is, is Omid of Tahi's yeah. job done now with the Mandalorian or what's going to no, happen? This is here? a mind flayer. Uh, no, I could... no, no, it's, it's, it's much better than a mind flayer. Don't worry about it. Just put, um, put on the pretty glasses. You won't feel a thing. <laughs> there was also uh the uh the easter egg of him saying hey it's a trap and then you know the person you know you know say the camera I mean, automatically goes to the mom cow and it's like, yeah oh my gosh, it's yeah, it's, yeah it's like hey guess what here's a return of the jedi easter egg we, we've seen the return of the jedi see <laughs> it's a <laughs> like, trap okay. and and we like uh dungeons and dragons mind flayer you see uh, oh i could see the the <laughs> Next time we see Pershing, like, like somehow, like Mando or someone in the New Republic needs them, and they do something very similar to the Princess Bride, and like he's oh, like please, knocked out, dude. and he's I like, I really hope he's not like, you know, like <laughs> mentally impaired now to the point yeah. where they're like, all right, we need your help, and he's like, uh, like, <laughs> uh, so one plus one is two. All right, let's go. <laughs> So yeah, that's kind of they sad, like probably man. fried his brain like for sure. I do really like his character, and then this is going to be interesting in the fact that if they need him later for things, I feel like they're going to be like, "Remember," and he's like, "I'm trying, I cannot," and then maybe they'll have to go and try and go to somewhere to uh, re-neuralize him like they do in um, the second Men in Black movie. Yeah, that's what I yeah. assume they're going to have to try and well, do. Well, and uh, so in in Rogue One. I yep. know David's gonna know this answer. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, Bone Golic, right? Yeah, Bol yeah, Bol yeah. Uh, that um, <laughs> that that creature was an actual mind flayer, right? Or no? No, no. They don't, they don't yeah. say that it is. They no, just, oh, okay. Like, it's in. It messes with you to tell the truth, right? And it's, it's like, like a lie detector test, yeah, right. The side effect is you go insane. Right. So you lose okay. your mind. You don't forget okay. stuff necessarily. Okay. Cool. So, cool. 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 Yeah. I think you're relating mind flare with being a creature because they do it in uh, like stranger things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I that, but I mean, that's, it makes sense. It's understandable. Yeah. All right. Uh, and Liam says, so if, if the point uh if the point in this was to kill him then this whole section seems pointly 
uh, it seems pointless and could have happened off camera. I think that Moff Gideon sent her. I think she was undercover. Uh, I again, I think Moff Gideon is just he's mad, bro. He's mad. He just wants revenge on everyone that wronged him in a way. And I think he sent her. How is he to out? Do his that, bidding. That's what I'm. I don't say. know. I think and we might think have an episode him? where we see it. That's yeah. why I don't think it's him. I genuinely think that it is some someone else because Listen, it wouldn't make sense if it is Gideon because it's Christopher it's Gideon, Lloyd. These, yeah, dude, <laughs> that would I wouldn't doubt that. Like that would seeing him as a warlord head. would be awesome. I would love every moment of that. I would hate and love the character. It because doesn't make any sense for them to keep on saying Muff Gideon is going to be like he can get like 100% he can continue being a big villain and a main bad guy, but right now he is captured, so he has to have at least one episode of being able to escape. I think, I think they've been hinting at him like being like more evil than ever in this season. And the actor has even come out a bunch of times saying, like, I hate Grogu, I want to kill him. Like he has said that so many times. <laughs> Let me kill so him. I, yeah. So I think we're definitely gonna see some some type of revenge mission from him. Uh, and the other thing is, you know, maybe he might be seeking redemption, and he's like, you know, I need more allies and stuff because maybe he comes back, and the Empire is like, no, you failed, you got captured, we don't want you. <laughs> Uh, whatever you say gus (laughs) right and uh uh and then he's just like wait you know what i i heard grand admiral thrawn is out in the middle of nowhere i'm gonna lead a mission to go find him and then somehow we find out that he that he plays a big you know like a semi big part in in the ahsoka series i doubt it but i'm just trying to think yeah, I really like Miss Sunflower's point here. Uh, well, she says on YouTube, well, I think they're beginning to explain the beginning of the First Order, which Favreau and Filoni promised in that uh, Star Wars yep. Celebration panel before Mando Season 1. Yep, yep, yep. There is some question, though, because that last interview um, that that we've gotten is it almost feels like they might be moving away from bleeding into the sequel trilogy. So, I mean, there's that as well, but... I mean, I mean yeah. they did have the resistance theme just playing in the background. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. And that's Je- that's Joseph Shirley who's doing the scoring. So he made that choice and they approved it. Um and yeah, Miss Sunflower says, uh, this episode is probably a plot uh, in Rangers of the New Republic that was absorbed in Mando season. Three. That's just what Colin was saying earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 And we jump from this horrifying scene to going this. to the Mandalorian, co- <laughs> going back to the Mandalorian, co- uh, yeah, covert. covert. Yeah. So Din kind of um, Uh-oh. briefs, uh, kind of debriefs <laughs> Bo-Katan in a way uh, and says, uh, it might be best if you don't take your helmet off, which... <laughs> She hasn't done yet, so hey, my uh, my family's really religious, so uh, don't bring up anything. <laughs> 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 That's the whole vibe I got from that. I was like, nice. <laughs> Just be cool. Just be cool this one time, please. Please, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really but it seems like my it seems like Bo Katan is really playing the long game here, and uh, yeah, she's gonna utilize 
these uh, these cult members and whatever she's trying to do, trying to regain the throne of Mandalore, whatever she's trying to do. Yeah, that's the assumption. So they pull up on uh, Paz Vizsla here and crew, all these different Mandos. Look at them. Yeah, that we've seen in the trailers. <laughs> this helmet's so celebration tired. trailers. <laughs> uh, did uh, did you see the new custom Mandalorian that Hunter made for uh, uh, for his trip for the Halcyon? Or no? Okay, no. It 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 looks so cool. Like um, I so for example, do you see the Mandalorian to the right? Well our right of Paz Vizsla, the leg of that um of that uh Mandalorian is definitely stormtrooper armor. Right. Um and what what Hunter did is is he made half of his belt like a like a Mandalorian belt and then the other and the other half was like a clone belt like from the Clone Wars from a clone trooper. Nice. Uh yeah so wow. I yeah and I love that that's like a kind of trend that you see here that these Mandalorians are using different parts of armor and everything because they probably don't have wow. um, their own armor. Yeah. Are you sure that's not like a clone? That's a <laughs> that's a stormtrooper. I because it looks I'm, like clone armor in my opinion. I am looking me too. I am pretty sure because if they all know that technically a Mandalorian is all of the clones, why wouldn't you want to collect all that? Armor. Okay, so that armor in particular, I'm gonna say, mm. is either a TK or it's a sand trooper. And I'm looking at it Ooh. right now. Yeah, yeah. Did you bring up the legs? <laughs> bring up the legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rodeo, mate. And then this is the clone, like of what the the so yeah. Nice. Just saying. Oh, yeah. So yeah, they're taking anyway. to the armor. <laughs> that was weird. Okay, anyways. Uh yeah. <laughs> and the armor asks them if uh they've bathed in the uh, living waters of Lies. <laughs> Lies. Deception. <laughs> it wasn't and, uh, Din Djarin says all the yes. <laughs> Din Djarin says yes that they have bathed, or he has bathed, and he has proof. He has a vial of the water, and it's like uh, can you just like put any water in there? But no, uh, there's a way to prove that it's the living waters when the armor pours it into that uh, that pan from Harry Potter. And <laughs> Bo-Katan confirms that uh, she has uh, bathed as well. So the armor is just like, well, you're part of the cult now. Uh, have you, you removed your helmet? So she nice says about no. It. I was like, "Why are you being so nice? You are now part <laughs> of the tribe." Never been this nice, dude. <laughs> I was like, "What is going on?" I feel like I honestly do feel like her ancestors, both on both sides, knew each other, and enough for where she's kind of like being respectful and like, "Don't worry, you can join us. Welcome, welcome." See, I'm like, "What? You would never have done that." Curie also. Um, can we also talk about how a a someone from the Kree's uh, family and the uh, and the Vizsla family haven't been together in the same room since the Clone Wars, <laughs> which I think is awesome, uh, because Pons Vizsla <laughs> is the son of Pre Vizsla, right? Past Vizsla, Past Vizsla. 
is the son of Previsla. Right? Yes or no? I'm not quite sure if it's a son. I know it's a son, relative. nephew. Yeah. And it is a descendant. Parvisla. Yeah. A, a, a descendant of some sort. But still, uh, 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 someone from Clan Crees and Clan Vizla have not been in the same room since the Clone Wars, which I think is a very, very cool thing. I'm curious if, uh, if they'll have any resentment towards each other because of the Death Watch and what they did. Um, Night he, Owl. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Because of the Death Watch did have um, some involvement in Satine's death because they did help uh, Barnet Maul. Maul. Yeah. Take that's over what, that's something I want someone to at least acknowledge or say or just have some piece of armor. That's why I've always thought like the I armor. I feel like it's going to be the is, armorer. Is either, yeah. like Yeah, the horns on the helmet. Either yeah. is one or has it as a tribute. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, Miss Sunflower states, uh, Paz Vizsla does not look happy at the end there. It's incredible that we can tell when these guys are happy or sad <laughs> when you can't even see their face. It's an incredible thing they do. They're <laughs> able to achieve. But yeah, it seems like Paz Vizsla. I don't know what is his issue, man. He's <laughs> like... <laughs> He's Dude, mad like, all the time. Back up, bro. This has been happening so much. Like, it's funny because it, it's happened already to where he's done this whole exact thing before and then pr been proven wrong in the end. And it also happened, like, what we, we've had it in multiple different things. Multiple different things now. And I don't know what his issue is. I'm like, dude, pick a lane. You, you've helped me once, but now you don't want to help me. You want the Darksaber. Now you don't want the Darksaber. It's like, bro. <laughs> You're like, give me the best card. Now you don't want the best card. Fine. I, I, I don't know what he's going to end up being in the end. I, I, I Honestly, I'm like, can you at least sacrifice yourself so you can redeem yourself? Because in my eyes, I'm like, get rid of this guy. Goodness. He's just making problems for no reason. Yeah, Haters going to hate. Yeah, he's just grumpy all the time. Man. He, he just needs a Snickers and he'll be fine. Yeah. So we see the living waters poured in by the armorer. It turns blue. It's perfect. He sees the past. And then they all get congratulated like they're at church or something. Let's go. <laughs> nice work. Great job. Congratulations. I was like, mm. another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, they're both approached. Welcome to the tribe. Welcome to the cult. And then the last shot is Bo-Katan staring at that mythosaur skull that's all Beskar, which and is going to loom large. Black. And that is it. It was a long episode. Yeah, Disney Plus says it was 59 minutes Nine. long. 59 minutes long, which that that's like the longest episode that they've done, isn't it? I think so. I think it was longer, actually, than the first episode of season two, which felt like a movie. Yep, because of that one was 56 minutes. So, yeah, in the season, we've had the like shortest movie. episode and we've had the longest episode. That's wild. Cool. 
Cool. Well, how do we how do we feel about this episode? Like on a scale from one to ten. Um, actually, it's so hard for me to start giving these like numbers out because I feel like if you were doing the three act structure and you do the three episodes, so you always do that for like a pilot kind of like you do the pilot episode, second episode, and then let it resolve itself. Okay. I don't feel like anything has been resolved except for him going to the living waters. That's the main thing. And I don't know how much of that really is because it has is an inciting incident into the next part of the season. Like I'm like, how much of it was really just being back with the clan again? So I'm going to like personally, like I would say like I like this episode the most out of any of the episodes that I've seen so far because it had some cool ideas. And so, um, and at a little bit of a payoff for the end. So I'm gonna get like eight, eight and a half for me. Yeah, I think I'm leaning like eight point seven. I think the more I think about it, the more I watch it. I think the more I'm gonna actually like it. Um, the dog fighting at the beginning was awesome. The uh, continuation, the fact that they just didn't cut to black once Pershing was flayed was was a good move on their part to show us to, to reacquaint his back with Bo and Din and then getting redeemed, no longer being apostate and joining the cult. Now we know that uh, we have a bigger Mandalorian force for whatever is the next trial or battle. Uh, we're going to see a bunch of Mandos now. And um, now I think we kind of know that that drop scene when they when those all those mandos drop from that yeah. ship, I guess it was a gauntlet. Yeah, it looked like the same kind of like door opening that we. Saw I always kind of figured it was a gauntlet because we've seen them in Rebels and we've seen them in Clone Wars, like of the actual like inside of the ship of 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 like the seats of where they drop out. So I always figured. I think the last shot of the trailer is them fighting. What um is them fighting on Navarro? Is as the Mandalorians are back in Navarro. And yeah, you see out. Paz Vizsla still in, yep. still in the cult with his chain gun. And I think that's going to be because the pirates invade Navarro, and then and then the and then the Mandalorians are like, "Hey, this is the way. We we got to go over there." And maybe the Mandalorians move to Navarro, and that ends up being like their kind of new like location. I yeah, as we were saying, I think the the pirates will show up in uh what, what are we getting it like skeleton, skeleton crew? crew yeah i just i'm gonna be really annoyed if that ends up being like the main villain of skeleton crew i'd be like oh, okay <laughs> i'd be like, like oh okay well there he is i am again i am excited for the possibility of hondo showing up live action hondo I don't think there's one person that would not be like, you let's go. Woo. Except my wife, because she hates Hondo. Uh, but <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. She does not like Hondo. She hates that guy. And I'm just like, why? And then okay. and she's like, he is so deceitful. Like, uh, yep, that's, he, a, that's a pirate. Yeah. Um, uh, he, <laughs> Correct. Uh, he, he, he tried to kill Obi-Wan and Anakin and yep. he just screwed over so many people. And I'm like, do you not like Pirates of the Caribbean movies? Because what on earth do you think Jack Sparrow does? He does the exact same thing. Uh, oh, yeah. And then there is the droid bar, which I know in the future, I already talked to Hunter about this, but we are going to do a full droid Mandalorian, uh, uh, a droid 
Mandalorian breakdown where we just talk about all the droids, all the craziness um, that we got this season of all the droids. And then there's the Order 66 shot. um, And then there's also the, yep, and then there's the droid bar. So, yeah, there's a couple of more shots. I think the stuff with Order 66, I'm hoping it comes up soon. And if it does happen, how does it get triggered? Is it Mace Windu? Is it Max Rebo? Is it Luke Skywalker? Who knows? Who knows? Luke Skywalker. <laughs> he goes through the uh, world between worlds and like, bam. Yeah, he, he's at Grogu. Boop. He saw into his mind when he was training him for that whole year. And he he knows Ahsoka. We all know he knows Ahsoka. So he did the world between worlds. Goes back in time. Christopher mm-hmm. Lloyd might be there. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd is just kind of hanging out like, on the beach somewhere and, and it's just like, oh oh it's time and then he just just kind of runs up and he's like all right what's my part because i'm curious of what he's gonna do will he end up being an imperial warlord i really hope so seeing him in a villain role like that would be great we we haven't seen him do a villain role like that since since roger rabbit i believe He's going to be the Danny Trejo of this series. He's going to tame the Mythosaur, the Mythosaur Keeper. <laughs> There's a lot to look. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hang on. <laughs> Colin's going to get triggered. In three, oh, boy. Two, Hang on. One. Yep. There we go. Yeah. All right. So, what's up with that? Why? Yeah, you had it all lined up. You waited to the last second. Honestly, I swear, I swear if I don't get into the panel again, I'm going to be so mad. I just want to get into that Lucasfilm panel. We'll just sneak if, in. If, if Josh doesn't get any panels, I'm going to be mad because this is his first one. It's like, dude, come on. People travel across the country to go to these big conventions, and you're telling me that you were going to put a, a buffer in that because some people complain about camping out in line? I... I honestly want a full explanation on why they do the lottery system because of they never explained fully why at all. Was it because people complained that, oh, well, the people camping online overnight got in? Yeah, because we wanted to be there. We really, 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 really wanted to be there. It's well, Colin, I, I think I think it's most like people, I think most people aren't six foot two, 170 pounds in peak physical shape that can <laughs> spend the night. <laughs> okay, well, I'm flattered, thank you. But I'm like I'm I'm telling you right now, camping in line was so much fun. Again, this podcast wouldn't exist if we didn't have if, if if we didn't camp out in line. Like it's it's such a crucial thing and and it, and it makes the panels more exciting. Like of those big panels more exciting. And I just I cannot stress enough like how amazing it was. And I don't know if it's because people uh, were complaining that all camping online was too much or something, but honestly, I think they should have a total separate line for that to where they can have people line up in the morning or something like that. And then the people who <laughs> re- really, really want to be there. Yeah. Oh my God. Camp on. I had to start this, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> Josh doesn't want to talk about it, but I'm going to continue. It's like literally I've been dealing with this for like the last year and a half. Oh, yeah. You yeah, will understand. Colin. You will understand if we don't get our panels. I'm telling this you gonna right now. It's going to be the now. whole 11-hour conversation on the plane, Josh. Oh, about, my God. You are going to get there, and he won't win one one of the panels, and he'll be like, 
Oh my um, gosh, can we just come in, please? And they're like, he's like gonna be like, sorry, man, you didn't actually win it. And he's gonna be like, oh, can, please, please, can we come in? <laughs> and he's gonna Whoa. look at me. And he's gonna do so, the stare. And he's gonna be like, we're gonna sneak in, okay, buddy? We're gonna sneak in. <laughs> Follow my lead. Uh, we'll actually find out on March 28th or before, or right before. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, but. The, the the anticipation is killing me, bro. Anticipation is killing me. Uh man, it's so yeah. close. It's just around the corner. Wow. Yeah, revealed today the latest news from Star Wars Celebration that uh, Lightspeed Lane reservations will be active. Um, the Lightspeed Lanes were great for Chicago and Orlando because those convention centers are the biggest, I guess, in the world or yeah. in North America. They're massive, and yeah, you need Lightspeed Lane reservations. Otherwise, you'd be waiting in that line for like eight hours. Mm-hmm. Um, drawback is a lot of the stuff might be gone by the time you you get in there. Um, so there's that as well. <laughs> I didn't even go to the Celebration store in did Anaheim. They show all the, did they show all the vendors? Yes. Yes, they did. Uh, there's a list. If you go to StarWarsCelebration.com, you can actually cool. look at the list of everyone there. Uh, some really unique vendors uh, from the UK and Europe are going to be there, so we might want to uh, visit those guys. And, and pack uh, light, because if you want a bunch of collectibles, you're going to have to fit them in your, you know... My bag, yes. In your bag, and your yeah, carry correct. Yeah. And the latest report that I've heard, there is not any type of shipping on site at the Excel Center. You can uh, You can mail out, like, postcards but you can't mail out like merch that you get you can't mail out big boxes from there which that is gonna suck for shipping so if you want that giant sideshow statue good luck give me the giant pork yeah oh, just be like... <laughs> you're gonna have to buy an extra seal on the plane for it like colin did when he won his pork <laughs> in georgia oh man so. that was wild 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 times yeah no i'm i'm so excited um I'm I'm probably going to start packing here pretty soon. Yeah, it's going to be pretty exciting. I'm pretty excited. I think Josh will just so. <laughs> you, I, Josh, I'm I'm going to have to talk about this because I just I thought it was so funny. But Josh thinks that Star Wars right now is mid. He like thinks it's it's just okay. Um, I, I uh, think Star Wars feels unfocused as much as it used to be. I'm okay with it as long as they acknowledge that it yeah. is unfocused in towards what we're going towards in the future. I'd like to be surprised. I just feel like there's been a lot of mediocre things happening in Star Wars right right now. I It might just be a slow time in Star Wars. I do miss movies. Um, and I don't think we're at the whole Marvel point where everyone's like, I no longer care. But I feel like we're going to have to start ramping up something to keep people ongoing with star wars and i hope we're going to see a lot more what our future is with celebration because they're not having another one for a few years after this celebration so it makes me think that they're going to be like here's your bombshells this is where we're going see you in a few years yeah (laughs) uh 2025 will definitely be the year where it feels like it's force awakens again and uh, and we'll probably get force friday and and all that stuff because we we haven't been in the theater since 2019. That's the last time that we went to a theater and watched Star Wars. And Star Wars, I, I, 
I think I've talked about this the past couple of episodes in the podcast, but honestly, that's where Star Wars started. And that's where, you know, the excitement and everything, you know, belongs. We didn't get live action Star Wars and uh on TV until 2019. And then it just kind of took over the Star Wars universe. So it's gonna be nice to go back to the cinema, sit with your friends, have a have a bucket of popcorn and just enjoy a great sci-fi fantasy film. Like Star Wars is amazing on the screen and it's going to be awesome to see it come back. Don't know the story. Don't know the plot, <laughs> nothing, but it's going to be great. Yeah. I kind of agree with Josh's take that it is kind of mid. I think uh, the Mandalorian is what is really keeping Star Wars relevant right now. And everything else <laughs> is pretty much for hardcores and for people that are just kind of like wanting to catch up and just have Disney plus. And it's, uh, it's kind of a shame really. It's six years between films for star Wars. To me, that's just unacceptable, but apparently we're going to get film announcements at celebration, which is like <laughs> a month away. Well, yeah, to be fair, we have been having all these yeah. stupid cancellations. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, we got this new movie coming out. And they're like, ah, just kidding. You know, yeah. Burner. And, and I feel like it was planned like there was going to. But then they're like, mm, money. And I'm like, OK, whatever. Do you guys think that Kathleen Kennedy will be at Celebration? I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Unless she's sick or recovering from a surgery or something. But yeah, she'll she'll definitely be there. And uh, yeah, I'm hoping for a lot of surprises, lots of surprises. I can't That's, believe uh, that that we've got John, John Williams twice and Harrison Ford twice, uh, for the for my past celebrations. I still can't believe that because I've just seen John like <laughs> just do the theme for Duel of Fates, and then Indiana Jones, then Harrison Ford walked out. I lost it. I I, I think our whole row was crying. We were just like, oh my god, why? So yeah. I I'm so excited. And and the fact that John Williams is still like going and he's and and he's not retiring is wild to me. <laughs> You're like, how dude? Yeah. He like he 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 technically did retire earlier this year, but then he was like, actually, no, there's more Star Wars fine. films. I'm in. Okay. So he's yeah, that's wild. I th- I think he's just gonna record them all now. Like <laughs> yeah, what if he scores the out. new Star Wars films? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's gonna keep on going. Jeez, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. Uh, our next episode uh breakdown will be the Bad Batch, episode thirteen, and there's a lot of uh a, a a lot of Easter eggs in that one. We'll definitely break that down. Um, David, is there anything else? I, think, I think that's it for the Mandalorian. Yeah. I I really love I love the season so far. I love what they're doing. I love mm. the different mm-hmm. uh, takes that we're getting, and it's I love that uh, it's a little unpredictable. And uh, the emergence of Bo-Katan. Mm-hmm. I think we all felt that she was going to be a primetime character in this season. Maybe oh, they... a little little e- little more like evil, but no. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm satisfied with with Bo-Katan and Katie Sackhoff's acting and. The choices that they made with her so for point, yeah. for toy wise i forgot to mention that they actually did um show the i i think with every episode of the mandalorian they're just gonna have like a like a a small like lego set from like each episode because of 
they dropped the new Lego set of the Mandalorian where it's going to be um, the spider cyborg creature and it comes with Grogu, Mando, and then Bo uh, fighting it. And I was like, oh, cool. So that so to follow that cycle, they might do, you know, something from the um, from from this episode and then they'll carry it on, you know, going mm-hmm. forward. But, mm-hmm. yeah. so if you're yeah, a Lego I'm- fan, keep, keep your eye out. I'm kind of disappointed in you, Colin, and in myself that we didn't make the correlation of Shelob in the mind yeah. of Mandalore. I know. Picking up Din. I know. S- same way Frodo was held, yeah. <laughs> I know, man. I know. I lose sleep because <laughs> we had the Minds of Moria reference right there and, and, and everything with Lord of the Rings, and we just... It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry. It's fine. But yeah. That's uh, that's everything that's for this show, episode. folks. Yep. And uh, yeah, if you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe, like the video, comment below. It helps out the show, the podcast. Um, we're also on Instagram. Instagram. Podcast. Instagram. Uh, Twitter at Stuff Pod. And of course, we're on Patreon. You can look us up by going to Star Wars Stuff Podcast 2187. We're on TikTok. You can email us directly. We're on Facebook. We have a page. We have a group. And if you uh, want to be so kind as to go to Apple Podcasts and uh, say something nice about me, yeah, I encourage you. Yeah. Just David. <laughs> I like David. David, cool. Yeah. Five stars. Write David's a review. Cool. Talk about focus. Um, you can also see us on the the uh, website, uh, Stuff Podcast Network. You can uh, learn a little bit about the hosts. For Star Wars stuff podcast and the Marvel stuff podcast, can we and, give a shout out to Ray? Like, yeah, she, yeah, she does so much for uh, for the podcast. Like every single logo and 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 art that you see for the podcast, it's her, and she is so talented. So please go and give um, give Ray some ball. love. Yeah, like, yeah if you her, look- give a, go check her out. On the top right corner over there, these are all the logos she designed for us. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow! Wow! It's changing. Wow! Wow! That's that's great. Whoa! Wow! Whoa! That's yeah. the the other side, but close enough. Oh, on 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 mine is showing up here. So. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. for Colin and Josh, my name is David. And may the force be with you. Always. Always. This is the way. <laughs>